Welcome back to the Future is Green podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about all things CBD with Jake Sittler of the Endo Cafe. He's joining us today to dive into the history of cannabis, the medicinal and recreational advances, regulation, and much more. Disclaimer, the Future is Green podcast does not endorse or reject the use of cannabis in recreational or medical settings. All listeners should proceed with caution and make decisions regarding cannabis use with local laws and regulations in mind. This episode is purely educational and is not designed to persuade listeners in one direction over another. Please listen responsibly. So we'll just jump right in with our first question. So for our listeners, just so we can differentiate, what is CBD and how does it differ from THC? Yeah, so CBD is cannabis oil. It's a cannabinoid one of many cannabinoids that are contained in the cannabis plant. So that could be hemp or marijuana as people would know it, but um, they all have the same ancestors, I guess you would say. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so cannabinoid oil is, I guess, a cannabinoid that people find to be great for inflammation or, you know, anxiety helps a lot of people with sleep, but Generally, it just kind of helps bring you back to homeostasis, I guess I would say. And then whereas THC, um, also another cannabinoid, but it's the the cannabinoid that has the most psychoactive properties um, naturally occurring. Um, So, you know, it definitely can help with inflammation and stuff and and pain and in lower doses anxiety. But um, generally speaking, it's going to be the, uh, the, the, the much more psychoactive component to uh, the plant. Great answer. And definitely can attest to that. I <laughs> use CBD to sleep. So I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely something that's a lot of people have probably dabbled with at this point. No, we shouldn't say a lot of people. There's still obviously that, uh, what do we call it? Um, you know, reservation or people just assume, you know, but I think it's, it's something that should be uh, digested a lot more frequently for people. They would be surprised about how much it can do for you. Could you jump into a little bit about the regulation of CBD and how it is sold legally, recreationally, at least in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Yeah. So in 2018, the federal farm bill was passed, right? So what that meant was hemp could now be regrown. I mean, I I don't know how much you know about the history of Lancaster, but in the 1930s, hemp was the the largest grown crop um, in in the United States was grown in Lancaster, hence hemp field, et cetera, et cetera. Now it was different um, type of plant. So hemp in the truest form for fiber, which is what it was grown with back then is a, is a, a very like high plant. So imagine it to be more like corn um it was thin didn't matter if it was male or female just kind of grew as a as for a fiber product and then it was processed as such so milled you know was used just like you would say you know hey almost to an extent in terms of its processing obviously going through turning it into clothing and such and paper was a lot different but it's a very strong plant um and it remediates a lot from the soil as well now um we have CBD, which is also hemp, uh, but the regulation is the same. It needs to be 0.3% dry weight basis of THC. 0.3% or THC, so 
essentially what that means is um, it can't have a higher load of 0.3% of THC when it's harvested at a per dry weight basis. Um, now, states vary on that ruling, what com- involves total THC. There's THCA, which is equated into that. And then there's, you know, just straight THC. And I can go more into that later. But essentially, it's bred for its medicinal properties, this plant, right? So high cannabinoid loads, high CBD, high CBG, high CBN. Um, and really, it's just the cannabis plant that's been bred down over time to to lower and lower and lower and lower the THC levels to the point that it's got all the medicinal properties plus more CBD um, and lower amounts of THC. Um, the process of obtaining it, um, you know, you get a hemp license, you decide if you're going to grow fiber or you're going to grow for CBD. If you're growing for CBD, then you're going to obviously very sim- similar to growing cannabis to seed selection. And then are you going to grow it outdoors or indoors? Um, yeah. And then you just have to meet the um, state's department's testing standards to get approved. And then once it's approved, it's harvested and then it's processed into its different formats from there. That's awesome. Very fascinating. Definitely um, lots to learn there. So I guess kind of just going back to what we briefly touched on when I asked the difference between CBD and THC would be what, in your opinion, are the main benefits of CBD and what products are you making, selling, using at the cafe? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. At the end of the day, you know, the hemp plant from a cannabinoid perspective, let's just associate it from what you can buy at a medical distribution place or you could buy it endo cafe they're very similar um when you look at a recreational or medical dispensary right generally speaking everything's pretty high thc okay so and that this is especially with the flower product so you know you can buy distillates you can buy oils you can buy salves you can buy all sorts of different products you can buy in flour you can buy in a vape etc etc Generally speaking, because, and this isn't necessarily the case all throughout the country, but let's just use Pennsylvania as an example. Pennsylvania is going to have limited medical licenses that are less developed. Um, You know, they're getting pretty developed, but generally speaking, they don't have a lot of canopy space. And what whatever canopy space they do have, they're putting towards, quote unquote, marijuana. So that's high THC products. And they do have some CBD um, but they, generally speaking, are, are, are focusing more on the products that are high in THC. With that said, uh, coming from an athletic background myself and, and learning about bad injuries and, and being an athlete, but also working on cannabis therapy and figuring out what's best for pain, you know, CBDs come about and now with, you know, and I talk about in so many different layers of this, but with that said, you know, the, the perfect mix probably at the end of the day is higher CBD or a lot of CBD and then some THC and all the cannabinoids as well. But I really feel like a lot of times the medical, um, and quote, you know, get it wrong that, that they need to be utilizing these cannabinoids more and differently, but because they're in these confines of, this health department ruling and crazy 
taxes and all of this stuff, it's really hard for them to get a lot of research. So the beautiful thing about the hemp industry is we've now been able to like isolate and work with hundreds of different cannabinoids legally at a federal level that like it's it's almost silly at this point how far behind from a I should say you know actual medical level the cannabis industry is behind the hemp industry but from a brand and selling perspective the the, the hemp in, the cannabis industry has that cloud of like oh I'm going to a distributor and I'm going to buy some cannabis look I can sell products at the cafe with 0.3% dry weight weight basis I'm selling 10 to 1 gummies that get you super high but they're I sell them way better than a dispenser would because they they're high in CBD, you know, and people love that effect. So, and we do it appropriately. And, and I think that's probably the downfall of where the CBD industry has been is that there's been a lot of bad players and the FDA hasn't made a ruling and there's not as much oversight, but at the end of the day, for the people that are doing right in the hemp industry, there's, there's just from a medical standpoint, there's a lot there. That's great. I really think there is so much misinformation, I would say, on the industry in general. And definitely, I would say differentiating between, like you said, like going to a dispensary, which I feel like to a certain level has kind of, I mean, for lack of a better word, has like clout kind of like around it. Like it's more of a like for show or not really for like a medical purpose for a lot of people. But I think if you truly do care about the science and the research like you seem to be interested in and you know partaking in i think it's true that i think the cbd heavy products balanced with other um components of the plant definitely are more beneficial for like healing oh for sure and properties and i definitely agree like i i mean being from like so like i've come to endo a handful of times and i love the 10 to 1 gummy i it helps me sleep it definitely I run, so I feel like that really helps me with like muscle recovery. There's just so many options, so definitely something that people should look more into. Yeah, no, no, no you're exactly right, and, I, and it is, and, it, and there's nothing wrong with that in the cloud. And there's nothing, you know. I just wish it would be easier for there to be a destigmatization of it, and there is. Um, I just, it's crazy because I've I now find myself in this space where, like, don't get me wrong, like. Uh, from endo if, if when pennsylvania goes recreational so to bring you up to speed on that it's been passed through the budget um it's 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 got a already p- pressure from josh shapiro and his team saying look this is in the budget you guys need to figure out the best way to pass it whatever that ends up looking like you know let's just assume it's a privatized system and we don't use the state stores there's going to be grow licenses process licenses, and then there's going to be um, distribute licenses. We're going to go after all of it. I want to be in that space as well, but I also find myself in this very unique situation where I also don't have a problem. I'm not going to say pushing the limits, but like I just released a THCA flower today. And THCA is, when it gets lit, it converts to cannabis. So it's essentially a one-to-one CBD to THC um, product. We're operating within the federal legal guidelines. Everything that I do, they're coming from fantastic labs that I see the process, the way that they're extracting things and the way that the products are made. And then I, you know, we grow all of our flower indoors, which is completely, you know, you can't call it organic when it's indoors like that right now, but like it's completely organically grown. I mean, it's indoors 
and like there's no pesticides there's no whatever so everything that i see and the products that we make i stand behind and i'm happy to tell people that as an athlete or to my grandfather to my you know my mother all my family's on it so like to me it you know i i, I always say practice what you pe- preach but like everything that i we sell i'm gonna inject would ingest myself um i think a lot of times these cannabis companies and i'm not downplaying the cannabis industry i'm just making these statements as a whole like everyone sees dollar signs and they like really aren't focused on the ground level and the importance of what this can do for people's lives that they i think the dollar signs get in the way and then products aren't necessarily created the way that they should be and the the quality oversight and everything's about expansion 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 that like you know when pa does legalize i hope that i can remember that and and we'll go after the licensure but kind of always keep it the same model and and just what we've learned in the hemp industry and the importance of all these cannabinoids and being you know more unique with our product development no, absolutely. And I think everything you just said combined with just like my personal experience coming in to the cafe, I definitely think that won't be a problem. So you guys have a great model going. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's such a, it's an interesting, you know, this whole conversation. And I actually haven't done a pad- podcast about CBD industry in a while, but like it, it's, it's all of it's very overwhelming. And you obviously, Lydia, seem very up to date on it and, and you know how it affects you. And that's really at the end of the day, what you just got to say to people, right. And, and help people. It's just like, look, just try it. This is my experience with it. And this is, it's not all the same and you can overdo things and, you know, our bodies are always changing. Um, but it's just about kind of can cannabinoid therapy. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's changed my life and I'm happy to just say that, but, but, you know, as someone that lives with a lot of pain or daily inflammation and like, it's, it really is. And, but it also helps from the stress perspective or people are sleeping. Um, yeah. So it's just cool kind of diving into it and, and figuring out what works best for you. So how do you address concerns about the lack of regulation and consistency in the CBD industry and the potential for some of these products to contain very harmful contaminants? That's a, yeah, that's a fantastic question. I mean, you know, here's the thing. My answer to that has evolved in the past five years, you know, there'd be times where I could say, and, and when I say this is not my, my journey through the CBD industry has been different. I haven't always just been with endo and, and kind of, I've been in the CBD industry um, since I retired from cycling. And with that said, I think I've made statements or like that I knew this, 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 and this. And I think over time I've realized, okay, that confidence may have been misplaced. So as, as with that said, you know, it's a lot like any other industry. Okay. We, we, let's break it down to that level. What I tell people is think about the CBD industry. Okay. It is tested for pesticides, generally speaking, as long as you're doing it appropriately. So my personal, now that I'm working in the industry, I only source from when I say source extracts, all of our flowers grown by us indoors. So that's that that's completely fine on that standpoint. From an extract standpoint, I don't process all of those different cannabinoids. It's too expensive. So I only work with 
FDA registered labs. So what that means is generally speaking, they're labs that have been registered with the FDA. They have CGMP standards. They do things by the book. They have to provide certain extract documents that I then look at myself, do secondary backup testing, and then put it in our products for product formulation. With that said, all of those statements, think about all the food that we eat. You know, think about the 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 berries you buy at the market. Think about all these things. A lot of these products, you know, heck, there was time where baby Gerber's apparently had lead in it, right? Like they didn't go through all these strict regulatory lab tests and looking for pesticides and the berries and all of these things. The CBD industry started that way. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot of workarounds and not all those people do that. But from a general where we started, like, hey, look, like if I'm buying a certain product, I want to know how it's grown. I want to make sure that there's no mold contaminants in it. I want to know that there wasn't grown with pesticides. You know, hemp is a remediation plant. So that's a big thing why I tout indoor grown or grown small scale is you throw hemp in a field it's going to remediate what was in that soil. And I can tell you a lot of the soil around here was not organic soil. So when you really want a true something that you're going to be smoking, you want it to be grown on a small craft scale. I can tell you that now. So that's just something from when the consumers, they want to know where their flour has been put. Now, from an extract standpoint, it can go through different processes and it can have things removed from it, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously when people say you need to be looking at lab tests, yeah, that's the, the truth. You do need to be looking at lab tests, but lab tests are super easy to, and they're variable too. Like it, it's, it's a little more in depth parts of that I could go into, but like generally speaking, the lab tests are not a end all be all. Really, it's it comes a lot down to at this point because, like you said, it's not regulated by the FDA. Again, and without going into that, I mean, you a lot of things aren't are how hardly regulated, or a lot of things. You know, a lot of times a brewers say there's six point two percent alcohol in this beer. You know, in reality, there could be eight percent. You know that that type of variance I think is always going to be there in some products. There's always going to be, you know. When a grower says there's 20% THC flour, they tested one piece of flour out of a giant 30, 40 pound batch. You know, the, the next flour you get could be 15%. So really you just have to cover your bases at a ground level as best as you can and just hope that, you know, the for now until it is quote unquote regulated, the people you're choosing are the right ones. And I think that's going to just kind of... The, the, the cream will make its way to the top over time. Yeah, so look, the, the FDA has been saying stuff forever. And secondly, the, here's what the FDA wanted to know. I was asked to be a part of a few of the, the clinical studies that was put on with the doctors that the FDA wanted answers to. I'll tell you the three things. They want to know liver damage. They want to know drowsiness and male shrinkage of the testicles. Those are the three things that the FDA was mostly concerned about. So liver damage. They've Epidiolex is FDA approved, correct? So that is it. There's right now, there's, I believe, five, whether it's synthetic, synthetic cannabinoid or actual cannabinoid, there's five FDA approved drugs. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not going to sit here and like make up stuff about the FDA and the inner workings, but they've passed Epidiolex at 2,500 milligram levels is what a shot of Epidiolex does for chronic seizures. 
my strongest tincture is 2000 milligrams of CBD and some THC in it. You'd have to drink the whole entire bottle to get that much CBD into your system. So from a liver damage perspective, they've already approved an FDA regulated drug that shoots at 2,500 milligrams straight in your system for kids that get seizures. You essentially, your liver processes it. 2,500 milligrams is a massive dose. A large dose for someone, an adult, is 100 milligrams. So from a, from a and, and again, again, going back to this point, not to necessarily this point, you know, when you're isolating cannabinoids, this is just getting into the science of it. CBD in itself is an isolated cannabinoid. It's naturally occurring as CBDA in the, the plant. But when it's extracted just in a CBD, it's isolated. You're making more powerful cannabinoids, more potent. Okay. So now we're getting into what we would call medicine. And in large doses, the FDA is not sure what that's going to necessarily do to you. I understand that. That's okay. You know, we need to figure out if someone takes a hundred milligrams of CBG every day, is that going to be bad for them? Yeah, that's understandable because look, that doesn't naturally occur in the hemp plant. For hundreds of years, people have used cannabinoids and THC. In a natural state, I always produce as much, I always am going to as much natural as possible. That's why I like people really like our 10 to 1 gummies because it's the natural, generally speaking, it's a pretty natural to the levels that are in the plant itself, including all the cannabinoids. But when you start isolating these cannabinoids and using them in high doses, yeah, the FDA does need to cover their bases. But the problem is they've already let the cat out of the bag and now it kind of looks like from other people's perspectives, they're just trying to control the pharmaceutical companies getting in their ear and trying to control this and take lay claim to a plant. They can't do that. You can't lay claim to a plant. Yeah, you can formulate CBD with something, 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 and something, and you can patent it and that's fine and the FDA can regulate it. But like, let's be honest, you can't, you can't FDA approve a full spectrum extract, it's going to change every time you press one flower. They're not all the same. You got to remember, like I said about CBD being in isolated, but then, you know, to make certain water soluble products, they nano emulsify it, which is like blowing the particles up to be super tiny fragments and all this stuff. I mean, it, it, it again, I can see why the FDA is wanting to quote unquote, regulate this. I agree. And when they say food or drink, they just mean like, look, unhinged. Like remember four loco? I mean, those people were putting in 12% alcohol and 60 milligrams of seat their caffeine and people were having panic attacks while blacking out. You know, that's kind of what they're, you know, that's why the FDA, FDA, I mean, not necessarily wasn't the FDA, but that's probably the reason why they want to make sure people aren't just adding insane amounts of whatever to, to foods, to food products. And then people are knowingly ingesting it. Now, again, think about if we would all like, let's take the alcohol industry, right? Like we know now, like more and more research is coming about what alcohol does to us. Or like, imagine if we started at that level where we were talking about this before we just allowed it to become one of the biggest markets in the, in the world. You know, we're talking, we're like, it's crazy that like, we're trying to like, do this with cannabis now when like it's already pretty proven that it from a medical perspective there's a lot of benefits (laughs) 
No, definitely. I think we're always going to have skeptics, but I think just more exposure and more education and, you know, even just things like this, like having someone as educated as you come onto the podcast and talk to us and talk to our listeners, I think just overall getting the word out there is going to be most helpful. And then I guess just kind of going off of that. So obviously, like I mentioned, I've been to Endo, I order products online, etc. But for people who haven't gone or maybe aren't local and don't know your story, would you mind just sharing briefly a little bit about yourself yeah. and about Endo and kind of like what what made you interested in starting this business and in the industry too? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so from my 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 wife's standpoint, it's pretty unique. But we, um, I was a professional cyclist um, for five years, and in 2018, I was was hit by a car um, and up bursting my L2 vertebrae. Um, so at that point, you know, I had, it had, it had it, some surgeries, collarbone surgeries, just some like prior cycling accidents and racing and stuff like that, um, had experience with opioids, knew that they felt pretty good. They didn't seem to help me recover that much, but they were definitely good for post surgeries. And when I broke my back, I kind of was like, you know, this could be the end of my career here. I'm not really sure, but I could see myself getting a little depressed here. I don't really feel like laying around and being on opioids. So I wanted to see if I could completely do it with CBD, which I'd been getting into and cannabis. And I successfully did it. I didn't use any opioids post breaking my back. And I started, the farm bill was passing and I'd just been getting out of that athletic career and started kind of getting more into it and learning about it and, and understanding it. And then um, I kind of had this idea, like, you know, Lancaster's a, it's a, such a wonderful liberal area that's also extremely conservative. <laughs> and I knew that people would, you know, probably have a hard time understanding it and bring it to the masses. And I was like, man, like, what's something that everyone loves? And I always, you know, as a cyclist like to do, and that's a coffee shop. So I thought, heck. So then, I mean, but look, like CBD and, and coffees helps with stomach inflammation and you don't get the over caffeine jitters and it just kind of naturally rides better. And it's, you know, there's a reason people always say, you know, cannabis and coffee. Well, really it's because they're they kind of, cannabis kind of balances out the, the over effects of coffee. Um, yeah, I mean, and it was a slow burn at first and understand and getting in there. And my wife, Jamie, she was an autistic school teacher and by that time, the medical had been getting passed and the students had been getting some experience with that. And she could see the differences that was helping um, children with autism or like some kind of severe behavioral issues and how they were, you know, starting to get under the medical marijuana programs and how there was a lot of benefits to that for them. So it just kind of struck both her and I at the same time in our lives and we really went for it though. <laughs> it's been, uh, yeah, open two two months before COVID and then kind of learning the industry that's got all this still like this, this, yeah, I shouldn't say cloud around it, but misunderstanding around it. But I, I, every day I go in there, I'm always amazed at our customers and the support we do get and, and the different customers that we get and, and how people generally are, and how accepting they are of us and our business model and, and the unique things we do. And I think, our goal is really just to like break down that barrier. I mean, like our kids are in there, like we're a family run business. Like I'm was a professional athlete. Like this isn't, you know, 
it it doesn't need to have this crazy stigma around it. Such a great story and definitely totally true. A very diverse, I would say, customer base and just a very welcoming environment. Lots of op- product options, knowledgeable stuff, just really great all around. So that's, I mean, a horrible story that you were hit by a car, but a really happy ending because you have a great, great outcome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, life says, yeah. Even now, right? Like, I mean, just business, it's, 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 it's never easy. And like, we always have our work cut out for us and from the outside, you know, but like, it's, it's, it's you, you saying nice things like that for us is why we do it. And and we really do can see the appreciation and truly I can tell you, I've helped a lot of people work through pain and like being someone that's dealt with that and know that there is a way around it for some people like that is truly what keeps me going a lot. Um, I don't necessarily sit down and just think of it like that way, but um, all the time as much as I probably should. Um, but yeah, we, we really do have a lot of amazing customers and just kind of happy and glad people like our brand. I mean, I thought it was cool and I like the name and <laughs> I'm glad. Other no, people it's super too. cool. <laughs> super cool and definitely you have a good pulse on what your like why is so we we love that and we've had a great time talking to you tonight thank you so much for joining us this evening and thank you for everyone for tuning in we will see you next week